Hello, I'm Charlotte Watts. Welcome to these podcasts that were first broadcast live in my Facebook group, Charlotte Watts Calm. Hope you enjoy them. And if you want more, please look at my website, charlottewattshealth.com. Hello, everyone. Having some technological issues this morning, so sorry about the lateness. But good morning. Um, So this live session is on hydration and something that most of us are aware that we need to do and often kind of count out in terms of I must be having this amount of fluid, liquid, water a day and it becomes a bit of a kind of, can be a bit of a paint by numbers exercise in terms of must do, should do and regimes that people have in place. And I think it's really important to note about hydration that it's, again, it's something like hunger, like appetite, that we can really tune into our needs and start to really understand the signals that we're receiving from the body in terms of our changing needs. So hydration, that is to have enough fluid in the body, is absolutely key for all functions. And In an embryological sense, we came from fluid in terms of in the womb. We have an absolute affinity with it. Take that back further into an evolutionary sense and we evolved from fish. So like when we were in the womb, we were surrounded by water, floating in it, encased in it. So we have this affinity to it. And once we come out of the womb and we are kind of walking around, essentially we're walking around kind of big bags of water in a way. We're about two thirds water and we need to continually maintain that for not just function in terms of biological function and that we might see in terms of you know pathways and different body systems working but also in terms of how we move our structure the slide and glide of our fascia all of our connective tissue through our body that if we don't have that hydration throughout all tissues we can start to feel stuck we can start to feel that we have less movement from the center outwards we can feel that it it impinges the way that our organs can work it can contribute to things like lesions amongst fascia and amongst organs so periorganal fluid fluid into and around organs making tissues they're more viscous more sticky and that has a massive implication out into structure and when we're less hydrated we struggle to clear out toxins we struggle to clear out waste products which can make us more sluggish it can make us feel more fatigued less able to focus concentrate less able to cope with stress we have kind of our parameters of coping become less fluid and our whole system can feel like it is kind of gasping, reaching out for something. And often that signal then can be taken as signal for food, for sugar, for something other than the real hydration, the real kind of coming back to fluidity that we need. So let's be clear in terms of hydration here that this idea of having kind of, you know, big bottles of water or pint glasses, etc. We didn't have big bottles of water or pint glasses in the wild. So it wouldn't have been ever that we were kind of glugging that large amount down in a vessel until we started to create vessels, until we started to invent things to carry water around in. And previously to that, we would have only had one thing to drink, which would have been water. We didn't have the choice of different types of drink. And we would have been having that in kind of sips and 
getting it from either dropping in leaves or in rivers or where we could find it. So when we can feel that we're in stride with our hydration, it can feel that we're kind of having it little and often, but we're getting it not just from kind of glugging large amounts at any one time, but one of the key places that we get that from is from our food. So our ancestors would have been having about at least 65% plant matter. And that wouldn't have been from the real dry sense that we get it now. And that dry stuff being the more novel foods like kind of grains and pulses, things that absorb water very well. That soluble fiber that's part of them does absorb water well into the gut. But it would also have been from plant sources like stalks and leaves in particular that do give us hydration that we can most easily pull into cells we can move across cell walls so it would have been fruits as well real kind of you know juicy stuff that gives us our natural hydration and it gets pulled into cells with the mineral profile that's there as well so potassium for instance moves things into cells including nutrients and including water so when we have water in the form of as a complex within plant matter, we hydrate with that most easily. And it's one of the reasons that particularly if people are showing bowel dehydration, so it might come to things like difficulty passing stools or constipation, then it might be that what I would recommend for people is that they start on a diet of soups and stews. So really good delivery system to bring water and hydration into the gut mucosa and into the cells that way. And that way also we're bringing a delivery system of minerals into the body that helps a more kind of systemic hydration as well. And soups and stews mean that it's a very good way of getting water in a meal that people don't have to start glugging water in with food. Because one of the key issues if people don't have full hydration is that when they come to eat, bear in mind digestive processes, the whole digestive process take about two liters of fluid for digestive juices, stomach acid, digestive enzymes, and just water moving through in terms of moving through the gut. And if that hasn't been present between meals, then there can be the want to take in more water to get the food down and to initiate and allow digestive processes. Also, if we're not chewing enough during meals, then it can simply feel hard to get food down. We're not creating enough saliva for the food to be fully lubricated, digestive, and and then it has difficulty getting down the esophagus. So we glug water down with it. And the trouble with this being our kind of main source of hydration is it tends to dilute digestive juices and dilute stomach acid, which needs to be at a particular acidic level to truly break food down and to, as part of our immune system, to stop bacteria, viruses, you know, funguses, any kind of invader going down into the gut. It's part of our kind of one of our barrier systems to not let invaders come into the body, into the bloodstream. And when something's in the digestive tract, essentially it hasn't entered the body yet. It is still technically outside the body. So we have these immune components within saliva, within stomach acid, and those two very kind of juicy systems are taking their hydration from the blood, water coming out of filtered out of into salivary glands into the blood. So fluid in our body is continually changing in terms of 
It's not this idea that it's held within certain walls and one fluid is different to another fluid. And actually, in, in reality, they're all exchanging through and changing lymph to blood, to serous fluid, to synovial fluid, around joints, around organs, continually having this interchange. And when we don't get enough water, that's when we often see us kind of pooling fluids or a body hanging on to fluids in this survival capacity, believing it might not get them. So we can get that more kind of bloating and more kind of feeling of, of sluggishness. So this taking most of our liquid in with meals can be problematic in that it impedes digestion and thus our detoxification processes. But also it tends to mean that we feel that we might have sated our hydration and we have less signals to hydrate between meals, which is really when we want to be getting most of our fluids in if we're drinking that in pure liquid form and not through food form. So leaving an hour either side of eating to hydrate. And yes, maybe having a little few sips with a meal is fine, but not glugging it down, rather relying on chewing. And between meals, then, we can really get a sense of when we are hydrated and when we're not. And that changes upon our needs. So on a hotter day, we need more fluid. We use up more, we can become more dehydrated more quickly. We, for instance, have a, the tendency to make you know, kidney stone a much more quicker on a very hot day, which can be a product of severe dehydration. And how much we exercise and how much kind of fluid we use up in the exercise process and in terms of how much we sweat, how much we use it out through the skin will depend on how much we need to take in again. So much like our appetite and our you know, calorific input output, that can really change in terms of, you know, you might be an essentially heated house that makes us more dehydrated or air conditioning where the air becomes very dry and we feel we need more need for hydration. Also, whether we tend to breathe through the nose or not. And if we breathe through the nose, then we tend to don't get the membranes in our mouth becoming so dry and we feel that you know maybe less signals to hydrate then. So it can be incredibly independent, incredibly individual and incredibly reliant, subjective on the circumstance we find ourselves in. And the more we can attune into this, the better. But the more we can also have lots of stews, lots of salads, fresh leaves and the ones that we digest really easily without having to cook or really process or break down that can really help us get a handle on this. And this idea that we need to just plough in loads and loads and loads of water it can be necessary to a certain degree, but if we have too much, like we'd have too much of anything, then it can be detrimental. So for instance, if someone has is drinking, you know, some people will drink something like three, four litres of water, particularly if they're exercising and just, you know, believe or feel they need that huge amount. But then that can create a loss of salt called hyponatremia, loss of sodium in the body, which can lead to things like feeling dizzy, feeling disoriented, feeling weak, fatigued muscles, not being able to regulate our fluid balance and losing a lot of minerals out through the kidneys and out through the urine in that way. So we need to just be trying to get as much in in these delivery systems, like I said, where the minerals come in with the fluid and we really get it from food. Another way that's really good to hydrate between meals are herbal teas, then we can get other therapeutic, particularly antioxidant. So that is substances that quell, quench oxidation. So damaging processes from heat and light, like 
sunlight, burnt food, fried food, pollution, exercise, using up energy more creates uh, more exhaust, if you like, more free radicals that need quenching and therefore we need more antioxidants. And teas are a really good way to do this. So green tea's got whole host of antioxidants it provides some caffeine but not at any level that agitates and it also provides us with l-theanine which is a very calming substance that soothes the nervous system that creates a parasympathetic calming tone of the nervous system and licorice tea is more is energizing it keeps cortisol circulating which is one of the reasons it's, it's contraindicated for high blood pressure for those who don't have high blood pressure it can wake us up in a way that um, helps us cope with stress and is known as a kind of an adrenal tonic. Cinnamon tea is a really good spice teas as well. They help to balance blood sugar. Um, cinnamon in particular, if you're feeling that you want a sugary drink or something sweet, helps mimic insulin and makes our brain believe we've had something sweet without spiking blood sugar levels. And that really brings me into the kind of realm of sugary drinks. They have a massive, massive pull and we can really believe and feel that they're properly hydrating because the sugar in them helps move fluids into cells. So in some ways they are, but they are a direct delivery system of sugar to the bloodstream where there's nothing to chew, nothing to break down that doesn't take a long time to move sugars from cells into the bloodstream. And it's known, research has shown that um, sugary drinks lead to kind of compulsions around sugar, sugar addictions, sugar cravings much more quickly than sugary foods do. And they're a real problem in society. They're a real problem with causing kind of central adiposity, laying down fat around the middle, things that, you know, in America, for instance, and statistics in this country have probably reached similar, but they are particularly those in America with high fructose corn syrup have shown to cause fatty liver in teenagers that is is to the same level of adults with um, cirrhosis of the liver. So they're a real problem. Um, and often if they're fructose based, they're fruit based, then that can create those kind of fatty deposits on the liver and increase levels of uric acid that again strain the kidneys. So it is best to stay away from any kind of sugary drink as much as possible. Coconut water is a sugary drink. And for those of you kind of on a low FODMAP diet, it's contraindicated as those sugars that we find difficult to, to break down. But for those of you who are not showing that kind of IBS, maybe even small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which I will cover in a, another session. Do let me know if that's of interest to you. Then coconut water can be a real kind of isotonic delivery system that's a really good alternative to using things like isotonic sports drinks. So it has shown to increase performance in athletes. And the isotonic there means that the mineral profile is incredibly similar to that of our own blood plasma. So it hydrates very, very effectively. Hence, it helps to increase performance. So again, that can be kind of drunk between meals as a hydrator. That also brings me around to juicing, which is incredibly popular. I, I hear clients say, I know I should be juicing every day, which I find a very difficult sentence because no one should be doing anything. Should is a very difficult word. There were no juices to plug in in the wild. I'm in preference of a more kind of smoothie delivery system, kind of, you know, Nutribullet Vitamix thing where everything gets included in, including the soluble fiber, if that's kind of what we're going people need to do and often people who struggle to eat in the mornings 
that kind of smoothie can be really helpful as an alternative, particularly if it feels it's got some kind of, you know, heft girth. It's got good texture to it. It's not just, yeah, I mean, it doesn't need to be chewed, so it doesn't set off, you know, lots of the things that we need around our TMJ joint, our jaw here. It doesn't have the same kind of whole pros, whole digestive process that starts with chewing, but the soluble fiber present and the thickness of it means that it doesn't hit the bloodstream so quickly. I'm not actually a particularly big fan of juicing. People love it because it has a kind of often a regime aspect around it and they feel they're getting a lot of vegetable portions in quickly that they wouldn't necessarily otherwise. I'm much more a fan of getting your vegetables in in soups or stews or salads and chewing where possible. If you are having juices, please, please, please have as much vegetable there as possible and make them the least sweet. Otherwise, it can be a bit of a red herring, something that takes a lot of sugar in very quickly. And for those of you, again, who tend to IBS, it can feed small intestine bacterial overgrowth or SIBO, which is known to be in about 84% of cases is known to be root cause or what is actually going on in irritable bowel syndrome. So I would save juices. If you do have them, please put oil in with them to slow down, might be like a flax oil or similar to or olive oil to slow down the release of the sugars into the bloodstream or have soaked flax and include the whole mucilage and the water in there again to slow down that sugar into the bloodstream. So Hope that's given you some ideas on hydration. It's not the time of year. I'm, I'm for those of you listening later. I'm giving this talk in July, so it's n- maybe not necessarily soups and stews time. Although I do like a good gazpacho myself. But yeah, get as many kind of leaves in as possible. Celery, the romaine lettuces, cos lettuces have many more effects. People think they're quite kind of inert, but they have great minerals in them like silica. Lettuce tends to help soothe the nervous system, has a pigeon in it that helps soothe the nervous system. And they're great delivery system in terms of getting lots of fluid in and cucumber as well. So do send me any questions through and any other topics that you'd like to know about. And hope you have a lovely day and feel nice and hydrated. <laughs>